0: Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System podcast 97. We are discussing the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship on the European Tour and the Safeway Open on the PGA Tour. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gambler aware. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Preview at Golf Betting System. And with me, we have Golf Betting System's European Tour expert, Paul Williams, and returning podcast pundit, Barry O'Hanrahan. Good morning, chaps.
1: Morning, guys.
2: Morning, guys.
0: Have you recovered from Friday at Wentworth,
2: Barry? Uh, Friday at Wentworth was tame compared to the brewery tour of London on Saturday. <laughs> Even though, um, and we went we went pretty deep on Friday for our um, our inaugural meet up in person. Yeah. So yeah, it was some place. What what a course! What a what a place to walk around. Um, stunning, stunning forest, and uh, yeah, it was great fun. Finally, getting to see Wentworth in the in the I don't know in the you can't say in the flesh in the turf after all these years. Mm. And a fantastic you gonna, day to do um, it you, as well, you, wasn't
1: it? With it with the conditions, um, it was the weather was fantastic, wasn't it? Incredible, wasn't it? Are for, you going to be
2: returning September next day. year? Do you think it could be? It could be an annual event. Maybe maybe every second year, like the Ryder Cup. I don't know. We'll uh, we'll uh, we we'll, we'll play it year by year. But um, certainly, uh, yeah, very enjoyable and. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be a good annual meetup for the, for us three, anyway.
0: I think you could be on to something. <laughs> Golfbettingsystem.co.uk is our website. Naturally available on social media, you can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. I'm at uh, golf. Uh, sorry, I'm at Banford Golf on Twitter. Paul is at Golf Betting. Barry is at a good talk golf. Look out for the Golf Betting System YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. This podcast is available on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Audio Boom, Buzzsprout, YouTube, and now on Google Podcasts. I might retitle that. It's not really iTunes anymore, apparently. It's Apple Podcasts. So I need to look into that one. They've rebranded, did you know? Now, I'm going to break... From tradition, and actually, just read out this fantastic review that we got last week. Uh, clearly, via uh, via Apple Podcast. Title: Job well done. Five stars. The most overused in brackets and misused close brackets word in bro- sports gambling Twitter sphere question mark That word is value. Take a few minutes out of your week to listen to these delightful gents. Smile. And cash your cheque. It's just that simple. And when, you've, when you're overwhelmed with the desire to show appreciation, rate five stars and review. Do your part in elevating this pod to golf betting Mount Olympus, which is its rightful place. You'll feel better about yourself for the effort. That is from Wills Crow 33 via Apple Podcasts. And he is in the United States of America. That just about says it all, really, doesn't it? Yeah, brilliant,
1: brilliant. Are you we, sure, we, you're ne- sure you're not related, Steve? And you've seen someone up to write that?
2: No, one? no, not at all. Is that yeah? Is that is that your nom de plume, Steve? Is it? <laughs> no, nothing to do with me.
0: But he clearly appreciates the content that we put out there. Everywhere. Yeah, that's cracking. Very.
1: Thank you very much for writing that. That's very nice indeed to hear those words.
0: And as people know, I mean our. Our focus is to provide as much information and data and and knowledge as we can impart to our listeners and to to the readers at Golf Betting System, the website. It's all free, of course. So you know that kind of feedback is exactly where we're positioning ourselves. If you see what I mean, I I like that. Mm. So yes, if you could, if you could add a review this week, uh, that would be rightly appreciated by all of us here on the podcast. Right. Last week, of course, Um, it turns out that Barry had backed Danny Willett at a a very generous price, and uh, you scragged a rather juicy winner last week. So, well done, Barry, And you were there to see him in the flesh.
2: Exactly. I can take zero credit for it whatsoever. Um, Because I was going on holiday to London last week to play a bit of golf and go watch the golf. I didn't have much time to um, go deep on study for the tournaments. And um, I had backed Willis once or twice there a few weeks ago, and nothing came of it. But saw Jeff Feinberg uh, tweet that he was on Willett for last week and that he was uh, on a bit of a hot streak. So I said, That sounds good to me. Jeff's. Um, Jeff's had an amazing year, and uh, I said, "Well, look, I'll just follow that and and jump in on the train." And yeah, it uh, came out to a very nice win, and um, yeah, paid for a few of those drinks we had on Friday around Wentworth. Mm.
1: Very nice indeed. Yeah, he was he was scything his way through the uh, up the leaderboard, wasn't he? While we were while we were there, second mm. second big win for Danny in the last uh, last year or so, isn't it? After the after the DP World Tour Championship win. I remember back then, similar to what he's done this time round, because so many people were on him the week before um, at the Ned Bank before he won in the Earth course, and uh, he did absolutely nothing. You remember at the uh, at, at the Nedbank and kind of put everyone off. And then he then he went the, well, it was it was one of these uh, limited field events, so he finished oh, right. way he finished yeah. way down the field, 50th or something. Or yeah, that kind of break. So put everyone off, and um, of course he goes and uh, goes and wins the week after. And similarly, going back to Cran uh, Sorcier on his last start, he was seriously fancied for that, as you'd expect. You know, he'd finished uh, sixth at the Open Championship in relative form terms to most of the field there um, in, the, in the Swiss Alps. It was it was standout, and um, he missed a cut. So, you know, enough to put me off. Clearly not enough to put Barry and a few other guys off who, uh, who picked up a fantastic win on him last week, but... Uh, he was Niles on Sunday, wasn't he? With John Brown breathing down his neck. Really impressive.
2: Yeah, I, did, I, I didn't get to see all of it, but I I, you know, I was catching bits and pieces, uh, watching it on my phone on the way to the airport and, and in the airport as well. So um, what I saw it was amazing. I missed the whole debacle of the 11th, which I think um, having, having watched a rerun of it, I probably would have been uh, throwing my phone across the airport uh, in... <laughs> In just fear and utter. Yeah, anyway, he somehow pulled off a 50-footer for bogey, and I'd say that really knocked the wind out of Ram's sails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, that was the couple, turning point, co- Big Stone. Yeah, and coupled that with, like Ram made a huge key error on the 14th, the par 3, um, by dropping it in the bunker uh, mm-hmm. when he had the honour. And uh, yeah, that, uh, that was a big swing there. Even that it was just more, you know even though it was a one shot swing it was it was just he had the chance to to reapply the pressure and he didn't and I think that was that was uh, that could have been the moment you know yeah um, yeah it was uh, we
0: we said this a, on a Friday
2: didn't we? we said this on Friday when we were
0: watching him when he gets in contention and I mean you know at the very top of the leaderboard he just doesn't go away Mm-mm. his conversion rate to contending performances must be very very strong must be huge. You know, you've only got to look at the Masters win. Also, that DP World Tour Championship win last year. Got in position, never never looked like falling away. No. And the same, same at Wentworth. Yeah. yeah. Now, you look at it's someone like John Rahm, he gets in contention lots and lots of times, and at, until this point, doesn't convert hugely, especially compared to his price.
1: Yeah, it's... Uh...
0: You know, John Rahm
1: clearly can, clearly can do it, but uh, but yeah, there's, there's been a few instances really. I mean, his current form you look at his raw form line, John Ram, and it's, it looks fantastic, but yeah, he's had chances to win a number of those events that he hasn't won. Mm. Which, uh, when you're looking at a seven, eight to one shot for these kind of events, it's yeah, I can remember the Northern
0: justified. Trust last month when I was on him and he was two mm. shots ahead in front of Reed, wasn't he? And he just That's fell right. away, just started throwing it away. Mm. Mm. No, interesting, but for, absolutely yeah. walks rock solid. Will it when it comes to converting? Yeah. Very impressive,
1: yeah. He's up to 31st now in the the world rankings, so that's uh, popped him straight back into the top 50. So, big move for Danny, big, big move. And uh, clearly, um, he's topping the list for the Ryder Cup qualification after one event as well. And that's you know, clearly a big, <laughs> big, event,
2: big event to get under your belt, though. So, uh well, that's a juicy amount of money. I mean, he could. I'm not going to say he could ride that all the way onto the team, but what what a start! Like, and yeah. if he can keep swinging like he is, or like he was there last week, he's going to add plenty of points and money to his uh, tally. Yeah, and yeah, could could very well. be It would be surprising to not see him um, on that team, based on what we saw. If we can, you know, extrapolate out from last week, that swing looks so free and loose. It, it's just brilliant. Yeah, he's got the ball moving both ways. Like, uh, mm. yeah, it's, uh, it was really, really good.
1: I think well, if, if he gets something, you know, another um, Rolex Series win between now and you know the next twelve months, or a couple of uh, major top fives, and I think it would be very difficult to not see him on the scene. Um, given the points that he's already accumulated, and we're only talking, yeah, as you say, we're only a week in, but. Um, these events are going to prove absolutely pivotal I think and you know, we've got another four or five over the next uh, few weeks haven't we which are also going to, going to start to shape how this pans out but um, good
0: we move a, for Danny we had a chat Barry Paul and myself on the pod about the Ryder Cup and Team Europe I'll ask you a, a question you know you, you look at McElroy you look at Rose um, we, we look at names that are absolutely you know they're going to be on the team and um, Clearly, we never actually mentioned Danny, Danny Willett as a potential team member last week, which is typical. Um, in terms of talent that you see emerging and talent that you see actually being on the European team for next year over in uh, at Whistling Straits, who do you think could be players that we're not overly accustomed to, to seeing in the team actually making it, in your opinion? Anyone that jumps to front of mind? Um, we mentioned. I think we mentioned Fitzpatrick as an, an obvious potential player that could forge his way into the team. Yeah, Fitz, he could. Yeah,
1: yeah. Matt Wallace was yeah. another one we talked about last week, mm. which uh, start, started off well last week and then did absolutely nothing after after th- Thursday afternoon. Wallet.
2: I tell you what, with with Matt Wallace, like you see snapshots of that, um, the attitude and the temper on TV, but, um, seeing that in person up close, I mean, that was, he was having a proper strop and I just, it kind of reminds me of, uh, maybe Ram a couple of years ago. Mm. Mm. Uh, it just doesn't do you any favors. It really doesn't. I mean, it's great when it's working for him and he's got that kind of, uh, I don't know, gritty determination and attitude working for him. But when it swings to the negative side of things, like he was he was mentally gone. And just, that that's just costing him shots. And, you know, it's not good in a team environment if you're playing with a partner no. or even if you're playing a match play against somebody, they see you with that attitude. That gives them strength and galvanizes them. Uh, so I, I think that's something, like he's a cracking player when he's on it, but... Um, that's something he really would need to work he really does need to work on I'm sure he'll figure it out as as he goes along Um, yeah other players who else I mean Wiesberger
1: yeah he's top of his game isn't he playing well yeah. at the moment yeah
2: it's, it's um, yeah, it's, yeah it's,
0: you know, it's 12 months ahead isn't it This you know players that are in form now might not be in form come January it's it's a tough old haul, isn't it? But I mean, Danny, Danny has clearly put himself in a fantastic position after last week. There is no doubt yeah. about that. And it's funny, I saw something on Twitter about that. He, he mentioned after his win that he only ever seems to qualify for Ryder Cups when they're actually in America. I think that was a little bit tongue in cheek about the uh, scenario <laughs> mm-hmm. that he had, uh, the scenario he had a few years back when his brother was being a bit of a jockstrap uh, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and sailing him down the river the, the week of the actual Ryder Cup itself. But yes I think Willett um, could be a very strong addition especially now that he's playing PGA Tour um you know on a regular basis after the after last season that's that experience in the states is only going to strengthen the team mm.
2: yeah I just, there's a lot of very good players but it just depends on <clears throat> how they go over the uh, entire yeah let's say next 12 months you know mm. you've got Thomas Peters Lucas Pierreregards you know Guys like Matthias Schwab, we were playing very well. Yep. I mean, Tyrell Hatton seems to have kind of gone off the boil a bit. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to come around on his form to to get uh, to get his name back in the mix, and yeah. um, for whether it be for uh, automatic qualification or captain's pick. So, and you never know who could pop up over the next twelve months and make a name for themselves.
1: Shane Lowry, another one he could, uh, you know, clearly his, his open win came the wrong side yeah. of the qualification, but um, if he can pick his form back up over the next twelve months and uh, get himself a, a rider cut, he debut. had an
2: okay week last week, didn't he? It was yeah. pretty decent. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Solid start.
2: Yeah, eleventh.
1: Mm. Yeah, impressive in my view to 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 be where where he was after after the trials and tribulations following his. Uh, Falling in
2: his wins, so yeah. Yeah, all good. Back, back to back to some Lynx golf courses this week. You know, he could, uh, he could very, uh, and and some not ideal conditions. The, yeah. This is like kind of steering right into his wheelhouse. He could very well have a a, a really successful week this week. Yep.
1: Yep.
0: Indeed. Over in the over in the states, we saw Sebastian Munoz win his first PGA Tour event down at the Sanderson Farms in Mississippi. Um. One in a playoff, beating the very well fancied Sung Jay Im, who I'd been on the previous week. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, just Sung, sung Jae Im voodoo dough out on, uh, on in
0: the playoff, then Steve. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, and it worked quite nicely with that drop. Um, but I just kind of knew that Munoz would win anyway because you just looked at his stats, and I said all along that effectively it was a red hot putter that would win it, and someone that just hit. I know it sounds easy, but it's someone that had the balance game of hitting greens, tee to green and a putter, where him tee to green game for the 72 holes was pretty much all over the place, as it had been the week before. Mm. It's just he had an absolutely red-hot putter. And yeah. in the end, it caught him out with that approach on the playoff. Caught him out. But um, he's, he's undoubtedly um, a very talented individual, Sung J M. Im. The actual captain's pick scenario with the President's Cup for the international team is something that I'm following quite closely because Jason Day didn't make the automatic places, which means he's going to have to take up a captain's pick spot. That then leaves three spots for the likes of Im, for the likes of Anne, uh, CT Pan, and also other players like potentially uh, Munoz who won. You've got Joking Neiman that's already won a couple of weeks ago. Um, you've got other players that are on the on the fringes. Corey Connors, Dylan Fratelli, Brandon Grace isn't in the team. So any kind of run from Grace you think he'd probably get added. Yeah, um, I did notice he's he played though, he, he played slightly better at Wentworth last week yeah, by for, his stats, for, but not a great a, deal Yeah, A round or two,
1: but yeah, yeah. Over four rounds still wasn't great.
0: That international team's gonna have a is it gonna be um very transitional by the looks of it compared to the kind of you know, the Swartzels that we graces that we've become accustomed to being in it. Mm. Um it's likely to take a a tonking, but I know that's stating the obvious. The only advantage they have got, of course, they're playing it in Australia, which is um, pretty alien turf to a lot of the American team that's going down. What so
1: Melbourne is it? One, one of the Sandwiches. Royal Gold Melbourne,
0: checks. yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm. <coughs> Beautiful golf course.
1: Yeah.
0: But I, I just watched this qualification from the point of view of how it's affecting results right now. And you know, last week, uh, two weeks ago, we had Neiman winning. This week, we had Munoz winning with him right in the mix with Anne. It's definitely a motivating factor right now when you've had a couple of tournaments with very little top-end American talent in it in terms of obvious candidates for their President's Cup team. Um, The tournament this week's a little bit stronger, so um, we'll go through that in a short while. Um, Let's start talking then. Let's start talking the Alfred Dunhill links that's clearly taking place in scotland this week it's one of these barry said off mike it's one of the one of the most difficult tournaments i think to get your head around in terms of punting year in yeah, and year out
1: it is because of the format because of the it's, it's a big field Um it's 168 players rather than the standard one five six in fact last week it was one three two down at um down at Wentworth, so a lot more players. The cut is sixty and ties rather than sixty-five. So, um, you've got fewer players making it through to the uh, to the final round um, from a bigger pool of players to, to begin with. So, so virtually two thirds of the field will effectively miss the cut on Sunday. So. Um, yeah, finding the player to get through to, to, to the final round to play is tough enough and um, but then you can have a massive spread of, um, of of positions as well going into the final round so you, you may make the uh, make the cup be 12 15 shots off the lead at which point um, you're, you're playing for fun anyway at that point but um, but yes I, 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 I like the event Um, I do like the event it's um it's quirky and um, a few of last week's cast have stayed around actually in the UK, which is good. So it's given it quite a quality field. Uh, $5 million prize fund, which is been part of the reason I guess some of them have stayed over. Um, and this Pro-Am format that we've become accustomed to with this event over the years. Um, just going to run through the, the betting quickly first to give you an idea of this field. 13 of the top 50 in the world are here, so it's pretty, pretty good for... European tour standards. Uh, Rory McIlroy leads the field in terms of the uh, in terms of the betting six to one. John Rahm fifteen to two. Uh, Justin Rose fourteen to one. Tommy Fleetwood eighteen to one. Shane Lowry backed into twenty to one. As you Fleetwood's been backed down to eighteen as well. He was a little bit longer yesterday. Uh, Tony Finau twenty five. Burnt Wiesberger twenty eight. Last week's winner Danny Willett is twenty eight to one as well. 30-1 uh, Matt Wallace, Till Hatton and Matt Fitzpatrick, and then 40-1 bar those players. So yeah, a decent looking field for us to get our teeth into. The event, as we've again become accustomed to over the last few years, is played over three courses, Kings Barns, Carnoustie and the old course at St Andrews. Pro-Am format, it's horribly slow. And in terms of a spectator sport, in terms of watching it on the TV, it can be um, slow to the point where it's frustratingly slow. Five and a half, six-hour rounds. And I think from a punting perspective and also from a player perspective, you've got the temperament to to want to get involved with this. And again, from the player's perspective, it doesn't really appeal to all of them. Some of them just can't stand the fact it's going to take... uh, Take six hours to, to wander around St to, to Andrews or Carnoustie or Kingsbarns. And um, the format is simple, really. Everyone plays each course Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Each one one of the courses each of those three days in a round robin kind of format. Then the final round is played at St Andrews, where they put some slightly trickier pin positions. The pin positions on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Are typically middle of the green they're there for the pro-am element of it so um it's not overly difficult in terms of scoring it's not overly difficult in terms of the setup of the three courses Carnoustie tends to play the toughest but it does depend on the weather I mean if you get nasty windy conditions then St Andrews and and, and Kingsbarns can can be uh, can, can be tough tracks to uh, to attack I mean we've seen St Andrews from the Open Championships where the weather's turned and it's got particularly gnarly, and scoring's gone uh, gone very high indeed. Um, but uh, but generally, Carnoustie will be the track that's the uh, the toughest of the three, and the other two you should be going around and making a decent score. And then on Sunday, when the pin positions are slightly more difficult, um, everyone's playing at St Andrews, and the scoring does tend to be um, fairly low as we're heading into the final. Part of the uh, part of the tournament so kind of 20 under I guess is the, the target score on a typical week of typical conditions. Now put the conditions into context this week it's not going to be great Barry alluded to it at the start it's likely to be um, showery sunshine and sunshine and showers most days Thursday looks the wettest of the days and it should be gradually improving over the uh, as we head towards the weekend but there's still a chance of um, rain all the way through. Temperature's topping around about 15 centigrade, which is, what, 59 Fahrenheit, I think. 10 to 15 mile an hour winds on Thursday. Slightly less on the th- Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but uh, a bit of a breeze, a bit of wind, not overly warm. So um, typical kind of Scottish conditions, I guess, for this time of year. Um, It's likely to stop the scores getting completely out of control, but I still think you've got to have a... Um, a winning total of circa 20 under, I think, to put yourself in the, in the mix here this week. Uh, past winners. Again, we talked about this off mic, about how much variance you get in this event. And you do get some fairly obvious winners and you do get some completely off the wall winners here. And um, so here's the last, i oh, going back to 2010, the last nine years. Martin Keimer in 2010, 16 to 1. Then Michael Hoey, a year later, two hundred and fifty to one. So again, massive variance already. Brandon Grace, fifty to one. Twenty thirteen was David Howell at one hundred and twenty five to one. Ollie Wilson won at five hundred to one. I think he was thousand on the exchange in twenty fourteen. Thorburn Olsen in twenty fifteen at two hundred to one. I've got a feeling you were on Olsen that week, Steve.
0: Um, no, not me. <laughs> It <laughs> wasn't,
1: wasn't me, Gav. <laughs> no, it, it, it certainly wasn't me. No. Uh, Till Hatton at 66 is in 2016. He defended at 22-1 to one the year after. Lucas Beauregard last year was 50-1. to one. So a right old mix of um, winning, uh, winning uh, prizes there. And I think right you've old hit old the nail on the head,
0: Paul. Well. It's just a right old mix of a golf tournament, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. And I've, I've seen it <laughs> described as a lottery already on the Facebook group this week. And um, I think you, you could approach it um, in a number of ways. But um, if we're trying to put some logic to it, I think players who can um, hit greens and hit an awful lot of greens in regulation have got to be a good starting point for this. And uh, You've got to be able to scramble. You've got to be able to make some putts if you're going to be um, looking at a circa 20 under Total, you need to be able to weather the storm in on on Carnoustie when you hit that particular track, and you've got to be able to score heavily. At St Andrews, you've got to be able to score heavily at um, Kingsbarns to get yourself into a position to to win. Um, <laughs> In terms of in- looking at trends, it is, it is a bit of a mix and match here. And looking at incoming form, Martin Kymer had won his last two events coming into this. Brandon Grace had won his last event coming into this, um, which was on the Sunshine Tour. Till Hatton had a couple of top eights heading into this. Luke Berrigard, Lucas Berrigard was um, coming off the back of four consecutive top 20s. So all of those guys you could have looked at and made a, made a fair case for. Um, but then you look at the likes of um, Howell, you look at the likes of Hoey, Wilson, Olsen. These guys had very, very little incoming form and were going to be very, very difficult to try and pluck out. So um, if we end up with a 2, 3, 4, 500 to 1 completely off the wall winner here, then um, you'll do very well to have plucked them out from, uh, from obscurity in terms of their current form. Event form as well is a bit of a mixed bag. I mean, you've got the likes of Hatton who came here after two miscuts cuts um, to win on his third attempt in 2016. Lucas Berrigard last year, 32nd on debut, but then three consecutive missed cuts. Whereas some of the other guys have had uh, top uh, top twos, top threes, top fours around here before before winning. So, yeah, I'd, I guess if you're looking at it from a conventional perspective, kind of a, you know, a current form or event form course form kind of perspective then um you can get thrown right off the uh, you, know, you can be looking at it from a completely different angle or plenty of red herrings i think from that, from this week's event and um, i've gone for four players this week i haven't gone mad with it i must say it's it's an event that i i do enjoy but um, can be can be difficult from a betting perspective so I've gone one from the one from the top and then three longer shots in case we do get some of these players who are coming in at um, relatively long prices who are going to contend this week. Um, top of the tree for me is Shane Lowry, and he's, um, again, we touched on it a second ago, his performance last week was one of the more impressive and eye-catching efforts that I saw at Wentworth. Clearly Danny Willett was absolutely outstanding and uh, he was, uh, he was the deserved winner, but, um, but Shane Lowry after um, winning the Open Championship after spending a number of days um, celebrating, shall we say, um, his success, then going over to the uh, PGA Tour playoffs to, to complete the season over there, doing absolutely nothing in the two events there and, and not making it through to Eastlake as you'd expect. And um, four weeks off, which I think is done in the world of good actually, and uh, this was his first start last week after those four weeks off, and he finished eleventh at, um, at Wentworth, and improved every day through the four days, and um, and looked pretty good. His his long game looked good. His uh, greens and regulation looked good. His putting, his scrambling looked good. And for me, many players, there were an awful lot of players. You can go through the history of golf, um, and a lot of players struggled to get any kind of motivation and form after winning their first major, particularly if you're winning the Open Championship as your first major. Um, but he seems to be back on track. He seems to be focused. It was interesting listening to him in commentary or listening to him in an interview, rather. Um, he's focused now on the, uh, the race to Dubai. He's currently the leader, slim lead from John Rahm. Um, and he knows that he's got a fantastic chance of winning that whole thing now. Um, and he seems focused on doing that. Um, he's also focused on making this the Ryder cup team and again that was a, a good solid start last week but he knows that in the context of Ryder cup that open championship win um isn't worth a being you know it's it's not adding any value to his um, his qualification so it's the slate's wiped clean he needs to start again now 11th last week is a good start i think and um
0: yeah
1: if you look at actually how he played over those four days um He burned the edge an awful lot on Thursday and Friday. He um, there were chances for a lot of chances for him to have finished far higher up the leaderboard than he eventually did. But then it started to come together. He started to make a few putts over the weekend. He was bogey free for his last thirty nine holes. Ten under for his last thirty nine. And um, I think he can take that momentum forward this week. In Terms of his form here, eight from 10 cuts he's made, third in 2013, sixth in 2016. And again, what you said a, little, a few moments ago, Barry, the conditions here if it is a bit wet, it is a bit breezy, it's not particularly warm, and that's going to appeal far more to a player like Shane Lowry than it is to some of the guys who've stayed over from the US or some of the guys who. Tend to play their golf further south in warmer, sunnier climes. So yeah, Shane Lowry's heading my team this week. Twenty-two to one was his price yesterday. He's been nibbled in a little bit. There's still a bit of twenty to one about Shane right now. At just gone ten o'clock on Tuesday morning, and then I've finished off with three um, triple-figure players to uh, to complete my team. Tom Lewis is the first one. I mean, Tom Lewis, yeah. three weeks ago, he won the Corn Ferry Tour Championship by five shots, wrapped up yeah. his PGA Tour card, mm-hmm. and, and three weeks later, he's been quoted at 100-1 to, to win an event that he's got a decent course form in. I mean, we, Bikis, had a, we had a
0: conversation about him, didn't we? Where do, where do we actually put Tom Lewis in terms of where he goes well? And yeah. know, we came to the conclusion, wide off the tee, low scoring.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of it fits. I mean, he missed the cut of the Greenbrier, and that was his course debut there. No. That was his four, first, um, first go after getting PJ his card. to a
0: start, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah no, that, that doesn't surprise me whatsoever. He's never liked Wenworth, He went there last week. He missed it cut by a couple of shots. I mean, there were mm. no disasters on either of those um, attempts, but um, I wouldn't have expected him to do anything on either of those.
0: He's I mean, got a like, Lynx golf heritage, is not he? We know uh, that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he won, um, yeah, going back to his... Amateur Daisy won the uh, was it, the Saint Andrews Lynx Trophy and um, back in uh, 2011 something like that when he was an amateur, and so clearly he's got some local form um, back from his formative days as well. But yeah, he's, uh, um, looking at this particular event, he's got two top finishes. Finishes here, he led in 2013 um, at the halfway point, closed with the 64 Saint Andrews that year. Um, it was only Carnoustie on the Saturday that, uh, that that derailed him slightly, and even then it was only a couple of holes where he made bogey double over around the turn. Other than that, he was he would have been right in the mix. Uh, tenth here again last year, so a couple of decent efforts on this course or well, these courses in this particular format. We know with him, and we've seen it. He's won the um, Portugal Masters of Villamora twice. So if there's a track that he likes potentially is going back to the same track and getting the same vibes and you know it's potentially hitting the same kind of heights and um, talking Villamora actually if you look at the likes of Lucas and um, Lee Westwood, Padraig Harrington all of them are winners at Villamora all of them are winners of this event as well so um, if there's a nice little bit of um, course correlation or event correlation there then perhaps Tom Lewis at 100 to 1 with bet fred who are going seven each way this week um that could be the uh, that could be the, the longer shot who uh, really contends this week i've got another couple similar kind of prices though just in case tom doesn't do it um richie richie ramsey who's perhaps one of the more uh, obvious picks after his sixth place finish last week it turned around his season actually he'd finished uh, top 10 at hillside earlier in the year but that was his only other top 10 of the uh, of the season Having finished sixth last week and having played really well, his short game looked absolutely on point last week, actually, Richie Ramsey. Um, that's bumped him straight. He's just sitting just outside the top 60 now in the race to Dubai. Clearly focused. Actually refocused. He seems to have found a new lease of life with his uh, with his game. Looking now for his fourth European Tour win. I think sometimes these. Even the professionals can find it a bit, you know, can get a bit stale with their approach, and they're kind of just going through the motions. But he seems to have uh, kind of refocused his mind and his his approach, and really looking for, looking to to add that fourth European Tour win, which is uh, which is interesting to to see how he how he pushes on from there. Um, fourth here in twenty or two thousand and nine, second here in two thousand and fourteen. So a couple of decent bits of course form. Clearly happy with the format and playing some good golf. I, I couldn't see any reason to um, to ignore him. 125 to 1. That was with Paddy Power, who are eight places each way this week on Both this event. Events. Actually, yeah. Yeah, again, they're, they're, as they were last week, they're eight, yeah. eight, eight places each way. And again, if you're not using Paddy, um, then pop along to the Sykes. There's their new account offer available and... Um, uh, you clearly, if you're getting these additional places each week, then um, that can that can pay dividends at the end of the tournament. Um,
0: six places each way, or six additional places across both tournaments this week. And as we know, 2019, they're the leading um, bookmaker in terms of each way places across the whole year. Yeah. So yeah, if, you, if you literally haven't got a Paddy Power account, you're over here in the UK
2: and Ireland. It's a no brainer. Mm. Absolute mm. no brainer. I use them a lot. In, and. You know, bar some weird exceptional circumstances, their prices are very competitive as well on the mm-hmm. players. So, um, yeah, it you know, I, I've kind of got to a stage where if there's a, let's say, a price war in my mind and somebody's, I don't know, 33 to 1 with somebody, but he's 28s or 30s with Paddy Power, I like the extra places. Winning yeah. is hard, but, you know... Getting those extra two, sometimes three places um, at the end of the day, come the end of the event, you know that can grab you, grab your each way payout and tip you over to the next week.
1: Yeah, there's, there's a little bit of a kind of mental judgment yourself as to whether it's the right or wrong thing to do, but if they're at the same mm. price at the top um as the player you're picking and with Richie Ramsey they they were they was the equal top price in the market and, and also going eight each way. As, as Steve said, it's absolute absolute no-brainer um to use them in that instance. and finally I've gone for Joachim Lagergren at 125 to one again. He was with Unibet who are six each way, a fifth of the with fifth of the odds this week. Um, talented Swede, he lost a three-man playoff in Qatar back in 2017 to Jung and Wang, he won a playoff in Sicily against uh, Mike Lorenzo Vera last year so he's got that uh, monkey off his back, he's got that win that uh, we knew he was capable of doing. Both of those are relevant actually, Qatar often plays very linksy and Qatar's often a track that um, many a pundit and observer of golf will use for a bit of links form heading into, um, the links swing season on the European Tour. Um, Sicily is a coastal track. Um, and it was designed by Kyle Phillips, who designed the Kingsbarns track here that we're playing. So there's a um, course designer link for the Sicily win, and clearly a bit of a linksy link, for the Qatar. Um playoff defeat as well but on top of that he's finished fourth here twice on debut in 2015 and again the year after in 2016 he was 12th the year after in 2017 he was sixth going into the third round that week so he's clearly taken to the format and the uh, the setup here missed cut last year he was in awful form at the time he was missing cut after cut after cut at the point so it was no really no, no real surprise to see him miss the cut last year, but playing much better recently. Two top finishing in his last five starts, and I think he can take that current form and clearly the liking for for this format and set up of tracks and uh, and reward each way punters 125 to one this week. Yeah, that's how I see it. And uh, I, I, I could have gone with six or seven this week, but I think it's that kind of event where you probably just uh, you just. Go for a few and uh,
2: take the chances and see what happens. Who are you up for this week, Barry? I also arrived on Lagergren. Uh, I'm 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 glad to say I got the message over to you guys that I had picked him before Paul's picks, right, or something <laughs> along those lines. But yeah, things 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 made sense uh, in terms of his recent form and has shown more than enough capabilities on Lynx golf courses and to. Uh, to, to catch my eye at 100 to... I took him at 100... This, here's an example. I took him at 100 to 1, eight places. Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: So, um, there's my little trade-off. Um, Yeah, I've... Uh, I've Eric Van Royen. I've um, had a small bet on him. Nothing crazy, but he hasn't got a great record. He's only played this event twice. Not gone so well, but we've seen how good he is on Link's tracks. Um. Yeah. Good performances in the Irish Open last year, Ballyliffin, Um so. I'm looking. Yeah. At, I, w- I was literally looking at
0: his strokes gain stats as you mentioned his name.
2: Please tell me they're okay, because I don't think I can get a refund on the bet. <laughs> well, it, the the number that jumped out at me last
0: week about him at Wentworth, he was number one in the field strokes gain for putting. Mm.
1: He yeah, has been putting well. Mm. He yeah, has been putting well.
0: He, he yeah, was second for Stroke's game putting the week he won in the scan in Scandinavian Invitation. He's, he's just, you know, he bombs it off the tee uh, and he's just got the all-round game as Van Ruin. I think um, mm. yeah, he was going to be one that I was going to mention.
2: So, yeah, and who else? And uh, I played golf with a guy last week who was saying that uh, Adria Arnaus was really what somebody should extra seriously consider. He's shown some good form that kind of has, he's popped his head on our radars. But when you hear somebody uh, who's a little bit inside on the tour saying that, um, that got me to look a little bit deeper. And, you know, uh, I found that at 100, I was able to power him up to 100 to 1. um, And he has a second and a sixth uh, in his last four outings. Now, albeit with a couple of missed cuts in between there, but, you know, I figure that's built into somebody's, you know, into his price like that. And, uh, you know, there's been a few um few bits and pieces of Link's form here and there. Uh, he was 15th in the Irish Open this year, so you know, can, can clearly get it around now. That was uh, that was in very, very nice weather conditions, so uh, I guess it remains to be seen how he deals with something a little bit more um, gnarly this week for a Spanish guy, if he can handle it
1: difficult difficult to, to pigeonhole our actually because you know he's performed a, a number of different style tracks already in his relatively short career and clearly is a, you know well capable of winning events um you know we would we, expect him to be winning events given his power and his um his ability on and around the greens and um, it's only a matter of time I think before we really start to see some some big events coming his way so I think yeah his, his consistency is just not quite there at the minute as you said he's he's missing cuts in between his uh, his performances but um, he he can pop up and he week, I think so it doesn't put you off whatsoever Yeah,
0: I, that's I, think, I think with Van Ruen you've also got again I keep harking on about it this situation where he could also get himself into this President's Cup too you know, he's ranked what he's fifty something in the world now, fifty eighth. So you've got a lot of very good golfers out there with a quite a lot of carrots in terms of internationals. Yeah, mm. I could see. Uh, I could see him going well this week. Eric van Ruin. I can see uh, also that Brzeiden hoot. He's been playing some fantastic yeah, stuff recently. Really I, 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 I genuinely think that Els, if he got the chance, would try and get a South African into his President Cup picks for obvious reasons. Um, so yes those are two that I definitely like to look off the other one that I've noticed the odd just the odd little piece of form starting to come back is Ross Fisher yeah yeah he had a
1: cracking
0: week uh, cracking round last week didn't he finished it off yeah uh, he was fifteenth. he was 15th going into the final round and then shot 76 which kind of you almost half expect for a man that's been way off the pace for his ability but if you're looking for a man that's got ability around this golf course or, or this setup in terms of just his um, previous finishes around here and you're looking for a real horse for a course, there aren't many better than Ross Fisher. Second yeah, second, second here in 2008 uh, and also second here in uh, 16 and 17 and you're getting 80 to 1 about him. That's probably not too bad a price. You probably want triple, triple digits if you're being honest, but... He, he's he's very good around here so that's one that I might just sneak a uh, sneak a fiver on each way
1: yeah I, th- I think I think winning that because he, he made that albatross to win the win that BMW it was an I8 I think or something like that he won mm. um which um yeah, which gave him that fantastic position at that point as you just said but um he's still been a bit erratic but uh, again you look at his course form and um, as you say it's it's difficult to to. Argue against that if he can play some decent golf for four days. So we shall
0: see. Over in the states, we should actually mention Paul before we move on. We should actually move or point um, listeners to the new style of stats that we've got on the website because mm. I've just been using them as we've been recording this, and um, you know I've, I've been using our combi stats where you can effectively look at the form. Here at the tournament, as a, and link that into current form, all on yep. one screen, and it's all completely hundred percent mobile friendly as well. Yeah, huge, yep. huge step forward. Well yeah it was,
1: it was all a bit primitive before um and uh, it's been brought up to the uh, to, to the current uh, mm. current times with the full mobile compatibility so it looks and feels much better but any feedback from any of the listeners on the f- uh, stats or things that you'd like to see then then please let us know on Twitter or, um, or, or comment on the uh, wherever you're listening to this particular to the particular podcast but yeah it's a step forward and uh, it, it looks good I think
0: yeah, it looks very good, very very good indeed. Brilliant on uh, on pads as well, iPad or whatever you've got in terms of uh, your technology. Right, Safeway Open over on the PGA Tour. Decent field as well, you know, guys. This isn't this isn't for slouches. Thomas, Cantlay, Matsuama, Scott dishambo and then we're down to uh, Frankie Molinari's tra- uh, travelled across. Im, Ann, Snedeker, Morikawa. Cesarevi, Mark Leishman, Glover, Piercy, Grio, Kevin Nahr. So it's a decent enough field. Uh, Ryan Moore's in there. Answer. Um, strong field. It's the third PGA Tour event. This is the one that they play at Silverado, Napa Valley. So it's wine country in California. Beautiful, classical golf course. Uh, it's past 72. It's short at 7,100 yards. Tree-lined. Um, but what you, what you get here is that this, this part of the world, clearly it's wine country, very little rain. You always get firm fairways. You always tend to get greens here uh, that release because we're, we're not dealing with humid Mississippi where they're going to have to water the greens. They actually let the greens kind of get to their natural stimp. So you get a lot of... Uh, it's, it's pretty un-PGA Tour-like, as in you get greens that actually release on approach shots. So that's something to take note of. And this week's predictor model, we've got a firm conditions variable in there. So you can see players that play well in firmer, faster conditions. Something to take note of, I think, this week. Mm. And that kind of explains where we're at in terms of scores that win around here. Brendan Steele won the first of his two titles here in 2016 18 under. But that was a particularly... It actually rained here, which is very, very uh, rare. And it was a soft golf course over the weekend and they took it apart. But apart from that, you're looking at 15 under, 14 under, 15 and 15 winning this in four of the renewals. So a good mid-score kind of golf course. It isn't. This isn't going to be a complete 22, 23, 25 under job as we tend to see at this time of year. It's a beautiful golf course. Very, very undulating, fast, bent, Grass mixed with Poana greens as well, probably up to twelve on the stim over the weekend. So something to take a note of. Um, I look at this event and I always think, you know, what kind of what kind of skill set am I looking for in terms of winning here? And the one thing that always jumps out at me with the names like Kevin Tway, Brendan Steele, Emiliano Grio. total driving players that can hit the ball a long way and relatively straight. And that's where where I kind of headed this week. Mm -hmm. I suppose you could also classify that as strokes gained off the tee to a certain extent. Yeah. Steele, you know, we talk about Brendan Steele between ourselves, so yeah, he's a fantastic driver of the golf ball. Hits it long, hits it straight. I can't believe Jason Kokrag isn't playing this week, to be fair, because this course is right up his street i don't I don't know how that works
1: another one of these mad um, decisions not to play an event where you could actually go and win at all i mean
0: I'm just looking at last year's total driving stat on the pJ tour I'm finding Brendan Steele at number one Gary Woodland at number two Paul Casey at number three well Paul Casey came here a few years ago and finished third on his only time that he's played the course I'm also seeing Jason Cokecragg at nine emilia Emiliano Grio at 12. I mean, that kind of tells you exactly where where you need to be heading with it. Mm. Long and straight isn't a bad idea. Also, I think there's a link here. Um, what you get, you tend to get are the par fives are all reachable in two, and there's two short, if not drivable, par fours, and the rest of the golf course is pretty pretty tough. You know, tough set of threes, relatively tough set of fours. So if, you, if you're a player that can actually drive the ball quite nicely, aggressively, and you can get in on or around these green complexes on those six key holes and convert to birdies and eagles, I think that's the kind of player that actually gets here and performs and actually gets the win. Another point of fact here, just across the renewals here, the, these winning prices are interesting. Bay at 150s, when they first came here. Then we had Griot at 50s, Steele at 50s, Steele at 33s, and Tway at 66s. And most years here, you do get some elite players at the top end. I can remember McElroy playing here, Rose playing here, Casey, Matsuama's played here in the past, Justin Thomas has played here a couple of times, a couple of top three finishes. So total I've I've kind of... Gone slightly down the market this week looking for players that I think are going to be suited to the golf course and um, could just sneak potentially a first PGA Tour victory. Mm. The four I've gone for, I'll go in reverse order, why not? Biggest price, um, a guy that's in the top 100 in the world, South Korean, potentially again could sneak into this President's Cup mix. The the point that got me with him was he was actually fourth last week, and I could find him at 125-1. to one. That is Sung Hoon Kang, who is the kind of player that I would not be surprised could just creep up and get in the mix this week. Or, alternatively, he misses the cut at the end of the day, South Korean, and that's what kinds of happen. But yes, he was fourth last week at the Shinhan Donghai Open. And that's a that's a tournament it's that's been event, won, isn't it Yeah, well it it's been won by Choi twice, Paul Casey, sang Moon Bay twice, Wee Kim, also uh, Benny Ann's won it. Um, good event uh, was second going into uh, Sunday, finished fourth. Kang has got some relatively good form out west. Um, across Torrey Pines Pebble Beach uh, Sony Open this year also 7th at Beth Page black in the PJ Championship I mean that gets overlooked he's a decent player Kang might just pop up and surprise at 125 to 1 again with Paddy Power that price um, the one I'm really sweet on, and I couldn't stop talking to him about, to Barry about him last week at Wentworth is Harold Varna III I just think with Varner. Again, great off the tee, long, pretty straight when he's on form. Great ball striker, and if you're looking for a player that's kind of naturally just gravitating, just getting getting his SHIT together when it comes to contending at the, on you know the PJ tour, I think Varner's that kind of guy. And if he did win this week, or if he won in the fall series this year, you'd, you'd slap yourself on the forehead and go, well, it's been coming with Varner. Mm. It's definitely coming. The, the the one that really grabbed me was that third-place finish last month at the Northern Trust. Bearing in mind, Northern Trust, potentially with the PGA Championship, may have been the strongest field of the whole year on the PGA Tour. Or probably in World Golf. You know, had 122 in the field, absolutely everyone in it, bar Sergio Garcia. And he finished third in that event. And it just says to me, a player that's coming to the boil. You look here, two, he, he clearly likes the golf course. Four visits here. Um, and across all four of those visits, he was in either contention or semi-contention and just fell away. But I'm getting to the point with him where I don't think, or he's, he's certainly becoming a lot more comfortable on a Sunday. And whereas he was in the top 20 last time out at Greenbrier, as we know, Greenbrier, pure putting contest, not his not his bag at all. Here putting isn't as important it's more about tee to green game and a a decent strategical scrambling game I think varna's a decent shout this week so I, I I'm on board at 70 to one again eight places each way with paddy power two more um dialan Fratelli Dylan Fratelli or Dylan Fratelli whatever way you want to shout him He played beautifully last week. First strokes gained tee to green down in uh, Mississippi. He was first for strokes gained approach. He had um, one eagle and 23 birdies. He was best for uh, for scoring in the field in terms of eagles and birdies. He was also in the top five for par five scoring. 25th here last year on his PGA Tour debut. Fifth last week at the Sanderson Farms. South African... You know, up there with E.V.R. If there's going to be a player that gets in the President's Cup mix from South Africa in terms of a captain's pick, I would not be surprised if it would be Fratelli. And finally, that uh, I got 66s, uh, six each way with UniBet. That's a that's a mad price. And finally, at the top of the market, I know that Sung Im is going to be particularly um, popular this week. Clearly, we've got the likes of Thomas at the top. We've got DeChambo, Adam Scott, who um, I like Scott because he he's won at TPC San Antonio, the Valero Texas Open, and there's a huge link between that tournament and this. Um if I just I'm looking for a player that's actually played some golf between the two in championship and here. Mm-hmm. The one that jumped out to me in the end was Benny Ann, and I just had to... T- I think Ann, again, is a player that is... He seems quite content. I saw someone on Twitter having a blast at him saying you should have won last week, and he <laughs> said, well, I'm just freewheeling. I'm just doing the playing the best golf I can. The win will come eventually. But if you're looking for a player that's a great ball striker, good driver of the ball, and who has got a first-rate scrambling game, but the putter tends to let him down, that, in a nutshell, is Benny Ann. Um, and last week, again... Um, I think he ranked um, f- f- he was second for putts per g i r. And I said to Paul off Mike last week, the only reason I'm not tipping up Benny Ann this week is he won't be able to putt well enough to to actually win the Saluson Farms. He was actually second in the field for putts per g i r, which is a yeah. number I haven't seen for about five years from him. No, no. It, if that putter remains anywhere close to that form and, it, and he and he plays his usual tee to green game, I think Benny Ann, again is going to be right up in the mix. You know, you've got some fantastic Korean talent right now, haven't you? Im, Anne, you've got Kang, and of course, our friend Siwoo Kim, who's again playing this week. Um, you you would expect one of them, if not two, to get in the mix. The one I'm selecting is Ben Anne. So I've gone for Anne Fratelli. I've also gone for Harold Varner third, and a... A tiny inkling, which probably turned into a miscut, for Sun Kang as well. That's where I'm at. What about you, Barry? What can you, Have you got recollections of this particular tournament and what you're looking for?
2: Uh, yeah, Brendan still used to love it here. Probably still does having still won does. it a couple of times. Yeah, Might um, even win. Yeah, <laughs> he better not because uh, he'd be taking the trophy out of Harold Varner's hands. Oh, you're on him, uh, yeah well yeah i mean your your arguments on friday while i was under the influence of alcohol were extremely convincing and uh yeah the uh, a, a little it didn't take much digging into the stats uh to to back that up or to you know for me to pull the trigger so i did and um yeah i like that i like that shout you said that uh you know if he wins in this uh, fall series um and you're not on him, or you're not even cons- you haven't been considering him. You will smack your head and go, "Well, yeah, it was coming." He's one of so, those, isn't he? He just, yeah, it it looks like he's that's yeah. Let's let's say ready, but he's certainly an awful lot more comfortable up at those uh, higher higher spots on the leaderboard. And um, yeah, it's say like he'll be fancying uh, his chances this week. So yeah, jumped on him. <clears throat> took a really long, uh, long odds punt on Satoshi Kodaira. A couple of half decent uh, results recently drives an arrow straight, and um, he also owes me owes me one and owes us one for stealing the tournament from um, Siwu Kim last year. <laughs> okay. uh, so I got Kodaira at two hundred and fifty to one, eight places, which would. Uh, yeah, it would just about compensators us for missing out on we at two hundred to one. Mm. Um, and lastly, I've added Bronson Burgoon. Oh, I Fifth. knew you were
0: going to mention him. Jeez, <laughs> the Can one, I the one out? that, the one that I, um, the one that I crossed off. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Well, I might have to have a little a... dabble on exchange with that. He's playing some good golf, Burgoon, isn't he?
2: Yeah, and he's a 17th here uh, two years ago, 53rd last year, whatever. But he's gone 19th and sixth his last two starts. So, yeah, he's uh he yeah four top 20s in his last uh, four starts, going very well. Um, if you go back six starts, he's got yeah three top tens, two top 20s, and one missed cut. So hot, hot hand, um, going well, long and straight for the most part, I think. He was pretty high up in the total driving last year. I yeah. just checked it there. So, um yeah, and I've got um yeah, I've got all those three in there. I've got I've gone for some the transatlantic doubles this week as well because it just feels like that kind of week for fun and games. Um so I've Varner, Warner, Im in uh in those from the, the US side, uh mixed with Arnaus Lagergren and Lagergren and Van Royen. You're you're of the opinion that Im's due as well, yeah? Well, I backed him in running last week. So uh, mm. on Sunday, I think it was. Um, yeah, I don't know why he was about two or three off the pace at the time. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Anyway, got to, I actually took him each way just to get back the bet because I figured he wasn't finishing outside the top three. And mm. well, he finished in the top two. Bit unfortunate, but um, I've had I've had him backed a couple of times recently as well. He's just playing so well.
0: Bagoon, just to clarify, yeah, eighteenth for total driving last year
2: that
0: yeah that was the
2: Mm, one yeah interesting
0: what about you Paul
1: yeah I I've only bet one 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 that I'm considering towards the top end is Francesco Molinari who
0: overpriced yeah
1: Yeah, 33 to 1 seemed um, a backable price for a player of his quality in this field and he hasn't been playing particularly well, but I thought last week at Wentworth, actually, some of his uh, numbers were were fairly impressive. Fourteenth overall, but uh, third for driving accuracy on the week, and he putted at sub one point six five. He was eighth for putting on the week, which um, which is good for Frankie. It is good for Frankie. His irons Can I
0: just interrupt there. you? Sorry, we know we we often t- take. Um... We'll mention um, people's scheduling and program, you know, and we go. It's you know, I can't believe he hasn't played. Like I just said, Jason Kocurek, I can't play. Believe he's not playing this week. Yeah, mm. you look at Frankie. I was having a look last night. The The Shriners Open is next week's field, and you think to yourself, well, Frankie is probably um, going to play both, but he's not actually in the field for the Shriners next week. No. So it would suggest that he's actually flown from Wentworth across to California, particularly for this event. And then he's going to fly back. And Um, that, that to me, suggests the player that does his real homework about exactly what courses suit his game. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. And he'll go
0: to the effort of actually flying that distance to actually make, you know... And and you don't see that from a lot of players on the PGA Tour. A lot of them are are kind of just sporadic. But he seems to really do, do intensive interrogation into what courses will suit.
1: Well, we saw him, didn't we, before the Open last year? He stayed over in the US when everyone was yeah. questioning why he wasn't overplaying in the uh, got the yeah. links, yeah, the links swing, and he, well, he he won the quicken quicken loans, and he did second at the John Deere
0: Classic, and then that's why right, the he's Open right there the John Deere, yeah, wasn't <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. then then goes yeah. and wins the wins the mm. Open when everyone's saying, well, you must have had some links um, warm up, otherwise you're never going to win the Open Championship, and and clearly not the case, but yeah, he's. I, again if you you you're linking Benny Ann to this particular track, um, you know, you're looking at a Wentworth link potentially, then uh, then looking at Frankie Molinari um, also leads you down that same kind of path as well, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. is, the only thing that puts me off very slightly is that his irons haven't been as as good as they can be. But I think um he's the kind of player that can pull that round really quite really quite quickly. He has a good good week of his irons. The rest of his game seems to be well seems to be pretty much there last week, so yeah, 33s. Um, I think I probably will end up taking that on. The one I have backed is Tom Hoagie at 150 to 1, um, who is as short as 80 to 1 elsewhere. It, it looked like a fairly good value play to me. He um, seems to have stepped up a gear recently. Sixth at the Barracuda, um, seventh on the Corn Ferry at the Nationwide Hospital, second at the Greenbrier, a couple of starts back, which was actually his best finish on the PGA Tour. Um, second to halfway last week as well, and then um, faded away, but clearly there's enough underlying form there to to pique a little bit of interest.
0: Two starts
1: here, 37th and 13th. He led after the first round here on debut back in 2017. Hitting greens, putting well, um, and he's been top three after the first round on three of his last starts, so... I've I've taken him for the outright. I'll also be looking to see what kind of price he pops up for first round leader as well because I think that's potentially another market where Hoagie yeah. can get
0: involved. He does like to throw in a decent low round in in, in Thursday or Friday, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he has been playing well, Tom Hoagie.
1: But yeah, I thought I thought one hundred and fifty to one was uh, was was too too much for him. So yeah, I've, uh, I've taken a punt on the Hoagie.
0: Brilliant. We're done, chaps. Thank you for your time. It's nice to have you back on the podcast, Barry. Yeah, welcome back, Barry.
2: Yeah, good to be back. Uh, we'll make as many as we can, depending on uh, work scheduling. Uh, yeah. I, have, I haven't won enough this year to retire from work, unfortunately. So, <laughs> yeah, the quest continues,
0: not mm. we Well, the uh, the door is always open, Barry. You can always come on the podcast. I know a lot, we always get tweets when you're not on, going, "Where's Barry?" Because you can actually select a winner, unlike Paul and myself at the moment. <laughs> so it's all good. Thank this, you for your this time. This is the week. Yeah, this is here. Exactly. Thank you for your time, gentlemen. And uh, thank you to the listeners. We'll be back again next week for another packed edition of the Golf Betting System podcast. As I said towards the top end of the show, if you could leave a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts, that'd be fantastic. Thanks for your time. See you again soon.